In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. On this episode of Crown Jewels, Prince Andrew and his teddy bears are shown the door at Buckingham Palace. Harry and Meghan are saying goodbye to top execs at Archwell. Could there be more drama to come? And which megastars could be reuniting for the coronation? Find out on this episode of Crown Jewels. We are back with another episode of Crown Jewels, the elite podcast for the royally obsessed, presented by Betches Media. I'm Lex Nico. And I'm Samantha Bush, and today we are getting into it. We do have some Meghan and Harry news, of course. I mean, we just can't stop. It never stops. Prince Charles is fighting with his brother. I mean, things are happening. There is a lot going on with this family. I feel like every week we're like, let's divert our attention and go elsewhere. We got a taste of it last week, but then this week they're like, uh, uh, uh back on us and here it's we like are. They knew. They it's knew. like they knew. It's like they knew. And I'm they like, they definitely listened to this podcast. They. Catherine <laughs> definitely listens. ravishing in red this week, though. I will say, great pantsuit. Oh, she's stepping it the fuck up. Mm-hmm. With her I know. And you texted me, and you're like, it's giving a little bit of Meghan Markle, and I have to agree. And I hate to say that because it's like, I don't think like everything, you know, Kate does is like, oh, I'm trying to be Meghan, but like, you can't deny mm-hmm. that her fashions lately have been like very, very reminiscent of like Megan's looks. Oh, no, I agree. And I also don't think you're saying it from a bad place. Like it's an observation, right. but also it's like, I think she looks spectacular. Like we're That's not saying thing. this is a like, negativo. It yeah, it's like keep exactly. going. I love the color. I mean, I'm happy for her. She looks great. I don't know, like whatever she's doing, skin also is looking amazing. And the blowouts. Amazing. And she's got those like big bouncy curls. I like she. I need to know how they do that. She's had that forever. Years. Mm -hmm. She's had those big, bouncy curls. And I'm just like, does she use hot rollers? Like, we need a TikTok tutorial. Right? She has to. Hot rollers are like a round brush. I know. Somebody somebody get us the inside scoop there. Yeah, please. From a royal aide. The hair aide, please. (laughs) Sam, do you want to start us off with some royal subjects for our royal subjects? I certainly do. So this one is, this is an article that's fairly recent that I found while reading another article that, I mean, we'll get into all of that during Make yeah. It Rain, but, but this one was just like a little tidbit and I was like, wait a minute, I have to look more into this because I can't like just, you know, gloss over this little fact about Prince Andrew. So Prince Andrew's former maid had a day-long training on how to arrange his collection of 72 teddy bears. Yeah. Yeah, yikes. So, <laughs> Where to begin? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, we have to take a little bit of a pause. Um, she is quoted, as soon as I got the job, I was told about the teddies and it was drilled into me how he wanted them. I even had a day of training. Everything had to be just right. It was so peculiar. Peculiar. Sorry. It was so peculiar. Oh, my God. It was so... 
It was peculiar. so peculiar. <laughs> peculiar. I never say that word. Okay. The English language is not our forte on this book. No, like, guys, again, this is not the BBC, okay? Like, the, I'm going to fuck up. Um, and so I guess each day she had to arrange the collection so that the biggest teddy bears were in the back and then placed in order to size and the smallest in the front. Mm-hmm. And then at night... Briggs or another maid used a diagram. So I guess this diagram was like laminated and everything. It was like very, like he was very intense. It's on, a map. It's a teddy bear picnic map. It, seating it's chart. a teddy bear picnic seating Where's chart. Where's Andy Cohen going to sit? Like, come I on. Know. <laughs> Who's the Andy Cohen? Who's the Giselle of these teddy bears? Um, to put the teddy bears in their designated positions around the room. So when she would take them off the bed is what I'm guessing is that she had to then put them around the room in a different place. So like the small bears were stacked in an unused fireplace while the stuffed animals include. (laughs) This is so crazy. Sometimes I have an out of body experience when we talk about this stuff because I'm like, what am I saying? And Um, it's like, how is this real? But like, this is real. This (laughs) is real. And you know what? This is why we cover the British royal family because they put out shit like this. I don't see Denmark saying, you know so-and-so like stuffed animals but so i guess his collection includes two hippos and a black panther called daddy ducks and prince where they were placed on the bed or around the room and prince andrew's favorite teddy bears were placed on a mahogany thrones at his bedside it's very clear that this is very strange very weird it reminds me of a sex in the city episode yeah like this is a specific I don't even want to call it a kink because that's not what it is, but it's like a specific complex, if you will. You know, everyone yeah, has their it gives thing. You, it gives you a little bit of an insight into like his mind, I feel like. Yes. Like, his need of like control, but also like why teddy bears. It's like literal, it's childish. It's strange. And I just, I don't know what, why he would do this. And to have it like a map a seating chart, a room arrangement for your stuffed animals as a grown person is so weird. And if you go farther down the article, they talk about like the laminated picture, the the seating Mm -hmm. chart map was necessary because if anything was out of place, he'd like have a hissy fit, right? He would just shout Mm -hmm. and scream. And like, he just, he's very, very serious about these teddies. He said that I've always collected teddy bears everywhere I went in the Navy. I used to buy a little teddy bear. So I've got a collection. From yeah, a all lot of them the are world. in military uniform. Yes, yeah, sailor suits. Yeah. Teddies in sailor suits. Sailor. So um, it's like, a, you know, I here's the thing. Nothing about this man surprises me anymore, but no. it's still like a little out of left field to hear. But to your point, the seriousness of the control and the organization mm-hmm. of the teddy bears and like, having a hissy fit if they're not perfect, A, is just very, speaks to this man's personality, let's call it. But I think it also speaks to, you know, the coddling of the royal family as a whole. And I'll always go back to Charles and the pen. And like, you know, they just, it's a different game they're playing. (laughs) It is a different game, but I would take Charles's pen over mm-hmm. teddy bears because this just reminds me of a sex in the city episode when stanford goes to this man's house and he has like a bunch of like madame alexander dolls just placed oh all God. over his bed <laughs> and then he like tries to move one of them and the guy gets mad and he's like he like clarifies like what doll it is and like why <sighs> you can't touch it and i'm like i would freak out I like would if freak. i walked into my boyfriend's room and he had even if it was dolls or teddy bear if it was like action figures i'd be like 
what the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's quite creepy, I think. Unless you're somebody who's an active doll enthusiast, which I am not. Like, I just, I don't think, I don't even think for a friend, a colleague, you know, if Mm -hmm. I walked into their personal space and I saw that without context or Mm -hmm. preparation, I'd be a little bit nervous and I'd kind of be like, great to see you. I have to go immediately because like that to me... I don't know if I've watched one too many horror movies, but like that does not sit right in my tummy. I've just seen way too many episodes of my strange addiction to like not be weirded out. You know what I mean? Like I just And then on top of it, it's like if I move one of your dollies and you have a panic attack over it, like that to me also screams volumes of like, what's going on here? Yeah, we got we got lots to unpack. But yeah, so that is my first tea and crumpet. We love that. Starting out real strong, getting into our second tea and crumpet. We have Alan Cumming, who is returning his OBE award given to him by Queen Elizabeth. So first of all, what the fuck is an OBE award? Um, Well, we're here to tell you. It's the Officer of the Order of the British Empire. So this is awarded to people for having a major local role in any activity, including people whose work has made them known nationally in their chosen area. So Alan Cumming, who I love, by the way, Mm. also wasn't he just recently the host of that show, Traders? Of course he was, and he wore a lot of berets. And he was giving he was giving everything: his looks, his plaid, like his the tartans, like it was so good. Okay. It's on my list. I know I'm so behind, but I heard that show is amazing. It's really good. Um, So Alan, here we go. He took to Instagram and announced that today is my 58th birthday. I want to tell you about something I recently did for myself. I returned my OBE. So he was given this award in 2009 for his distinguished role that he played in achievement and service to the community. He goes on to say, 14 years ago, I was incredibly grateful to receive it in the 2009 Queen's Birthday Honors List. For it was awarded not just for my job as an actor, but for activism for equal rights for the gay and lesbian community, USA, he wrote in the caption. Back then, the Defense of Marriage Act ensured that same-sex couples couldn't get married or enjoy the same basic legal rights as straight people, and Don't Ask, Don't Tell ensured that openly gay, lesbian, or bisexual people were barred from serving in the military. So he says, I'm especially happy to be honored for my activism as much as for my work. The fight for equality for the LGBT community in the U.S. is something I am very passionate about, and I see this honor as encouragement to go on fighting for what I believe is right and for what I take for granted as a U.K. citizen. But here's where it gets interesting, Sam, because he goes on to say, the Queen's death and the ensuing conversations around the role of the monarchy, and especially the way the British Empire profited at the expense and death of Indigenous peoples across the world, really opened my eyes. Also, thankfully, times and laws in the U.S. have changed, and the great good the award has brought to the LGBTQ plus community causes and causes back in 2009 is now less potent than the misgivings I have been associated with the toxicity of the empire. So I returned my award, explained my reason, and reiterated my great gratitude for being given it in the first place. I'm now back to being plain old Alan Cumming again. I think this is so interesting. I do too. For a lot of reasons. Like, yeah. I mean, I think it's great that he speaks to the progression that's been made within the LGBTQ plus community. And he's like, what happened back in 2009 is not necessarily where we are right now. So I'm happy to be recognized, but I'm also happy to give it back. 
But I think it's like he is somebody who is a public figure from the UK and he is almost, you know, saying, I don't feel comfortable with this monarchy anymore because Mm -hmm. of the way that they have profited, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so that's a really interesting thing to note for me. I think so too. I think it's really interesting that he would give this back and also make an announcement about it because I feel yes. like he could just give it back and like no one would really know, no offense, like y- you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, he gave it back and he's making it a point to say why and I think it's really I don't know, I just think it's really interesting. Because 2009 is like a very different world. Mm-hmm. But also it it's like, I'm curious if this is the first of many celebrities speaking out against the British monarchy. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if we're going to see this start to play into a trend. Or again, mm-hmm. we speak so often about like, what is the role the monarchy actually plays in the future? To me, if I was, you know, a comms p- person in the like British monarchy, this would be a flag for me. And I'd be like, we really need to think about damage control and how we're approaching these things, how we're approaching Mm -hmm. the coronation, how we're approaching our public appearances. Like, I think this might be a signal that they need to kick up their thinking and how they, you know, refresh and revitalize the monarchy if they intend on still being taken as seriously as they once were. Yeah, it's interesting because he also... I feel like he's the first celebrity. Now, obviously, I could be wrong, but I'm just going to say I feel like he's the first celebrity to really speak out in a way where he's like, I was given something from the queen and now I'm returning it because Mm -hmm. of X, Y, and Z. And it has nothing to do with Harry and Meghan. Because I feel like I've only really seen celebrities speak out on the monarchy's like mistreatment of Meghan or in that regard rather than like, actually, I'm returning this because I don't agree with, like, what you've done this entire time that I, like, really never have been aware of, and that's his privilege. I find it so fascinating. So I'm I'm wondering if, like, of, like you said, if other celebrities are going to come forward and really speak on everything that Their, re- their rationale, right? Like, we saw yeah. celebrities do this for the FIFA World Cup because of where they held it, and they were like, I'm not attending or performing for these reasons. So it's like, we think about the upcoming coronation. Do we think there is a world where artists, for example, will decline participating or performing and not just decline, like you said, and go on about their day, but Mm -hmm. speak out about their rationale and reasoning as to why they're declining? Like Mm -hmm. that to me is what this kind of like tops me up for and what gets my, my, the hairs on the back of my neck prickling, you know? Yeah. The dolls... And Alan Cumming. Yeah, the dolls. <laughs> the dolls and Alan Cumming, the name of this episode. <laughs> Please. Please. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I want to get into our 13 crumpet. It's something that you and I have been keeping our eyes on for a while. We discussed it a few weeks ago. Just about like, what the fuck is going on over at Archwell? Why are they losing so many people? What's going on over there? Like, why is everyone being fired or losing their jobs? Like, I don't get it. And so we kind of got a little bit more insight this week. Um, Omid Scobie posted Mm -hmm. on Twitter that in their first year, Archwell raised $13 million and distributed $3 million in grants. And these grants were across areas including vaccine equity, relief centers, refugee settlement resettlements, and building a better online world. Um, okay, I'm going to say something. Yes. What the fuck does that actually mean? I mean, that's, like, this is in the thing. what way are they building a better online world? Like, honestly, like, I genuinely am just trying to understand, like, what are they doing? I Where mean, is this money going? <laughs> Here's the thing, right? It's like, this is year one. We get their sort of like report of what they've done. That's great. But sometimes I feel like whoever the sources at play at Archwell, it's like they just throw a bunch of words at us Mm -hmm. and they expect us to just smile and nod. And you're right. What does that mean? Like, okay, so they raised 13 million. They distributed 3 million in grants, which means like they just decided where that money went. People gave to them. And so that's it's like, great. Like if they're doing like, I'm not saying that they're doing bad work, but like, I just feel sometimes that not just them, but a lot of people like to throw out like hot button words, like buzzwords yes. to like get people's attention. And it's like, are you sitting down with Elon Musk and like having a conversation about how to make Twitter like a safer place? Are you talking to Mark Zuckerberg? Like what does building a better online world mean? And that's the thing. I don't know if it's like, I mean, so we know Prince Harry has a job, right, guys? So if you didn't know. <laughs> he has a job. He's a chief impact officer. He's not at the a company, scrub. Better up. So um, he, you know, speaks at, he, he spoke like this past summer at their summit. Excuse me. He will be speaking this upcoming summer at their summit about coaching and mental health for the company. And so it's like, in my mind. When they talk about building a better online community, is it just mm-hmm. like him speaking about the negative impact of his mental health personally through uh, from social media or things like that? Like, I guess this is what I'm very curious about because it's like, you can say that you're doing that on any technicality, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just, this is like, and you and I, like we you know, raved about the Meghan and Harry documentary. We loved seeing them together. We always say that. I don't think they're bad people by any means. I just get a little frustrated because it's just like, you're not really doing what you think you're doing. Like when he does his Invictus games, that is like something I can sink my teeth into and like really understand like Mm -hmm. his impact and what he's done. But when you're just like, no offense, like going to summits and like talking about your mental health, it's like, we know what your mental health is like. Like we watch the documentaries, we read the books, we've seen the interviews, like we've seen your Netflix thing about, you know, therapy with Oprah. Like we got it. 
We yeah. don't need a print. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just over it at this point. I'm over them. Like, no, I get it. They're I, sitting I up there in Montecito and talking about, like, online behavior. It's like, yeah, okay. And, like, yes. what about it? And they also don't have social media. And I get it. That's their thing. But they also need to recognize that it is a tool and platform that they use to their advantage mm-hmm. to get out their message. So I, I don't know. Like, again, we're going on a little bit of a, I, a rant here. It's just you know, very much confusing. Like, this is what is. they do, that it's like, I want to like you. I want to like you so badly. I believe in what they believe in. Like, I am about it. I'm about vaccine equity. I'm about... You know, refugee uh, resettlement. Yeah, I'm about, oh my God, I'm about building a better online world. We are I'm about, about all, all of that. those things. But, what the but fuck I'm just like, does it mean? <laughs> I need I need to understand more about how you are doing that and what is the actual impact. Yeah. Because right here, it's like, you know, I, I remember when they first started Archwell, they kept talking about like, we want to build a place for kindness and compassion, kindness and compassion. And it was like, every time they went out to speak, it was kindness and compassion. But it's like, what did that actually materialize to? So I guess here you're saying it materialized to grants across vaccine equity, relief centers, refugee resettlement, and building a better online world. We don't know what they're going to do and what their report for their year two will be, but they have expressed their vision for year three, where they intend to focus on three main pillars united by a vision of a world where our mental health and well-being is cared for. And those three pillars are building a better online world, restoring trust and information, and uplifting communities. The vagueness here. The vagueness. That's it. It's vagueness. It, it's like, uh, yeah, that's what we all want. Yes. Like, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> like, what do you but think we're like, fucking doing? Like, we're all connect, fucking striving for that. Connect and the also, dots. I don't think you can, you know, try to build a better online community when you're not on social media. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do that, like, be online spread your message, get on Instagram. And I have to ask, where is the $10 million going? The other, the But that's other what I'm saying. It's like, you tell me about, you have these three pillars. I get it. This is your vision for your strategy, mm-hmm. whatever. But I'm like, where, like, where is it actually going? Do they need to share that as a non-profit like, organization? Like, where is that, where are those dollars actually going? Like, what is the vaccine equity or the relief center? Or, you know, like, right. tell me. <laughs> We'd love to know. Like, that's a thing. Like, I'm about their message. I just would like to know a little bit more of what the fuck that means. And not only was this just released, but get this. Okay. So a few weeks ago, you and I talked about the people that have left Archwell and how they have like this like rotating door of people and executives. So yes, I find this really interesting that the Duke and Duchess decided to part ways with the Oscar-winning producer Ben Browning, who oversaw the couple's record-breaking Netflix docuseries Harry and Meghan, Variety reported on Friday. Also, Farrah Taylor, the marketing campaign lead for Harry and Meghan, and her podcast Archetypes and Harry's memoir Spare is also set to transition out of her role later this year. Why? We will know. I don't know. Like, first of all, the book sold so many copies. People were fucking about it. Mm-hmm. He did a bunch of press, and mm-hmm. then the the docu series obviously was record breaking. Like, what is there to fucking complain about? And why are these people like g- getting let go? I don't understand. Is it well, first of all, is it let go, or are they amicably, consciously uncoupling from their job? Mm. We don't we don't know, but I think there's like I have speculation here. Oh, Let me please. put on my tinfoil cap as I love yeah, to do. I love that. 
I seriously, there, there has been too many incidents now with Archwell and specifically with top executives coming in and out of there, like you said, a revolving door where it's like, I, there is a part of me that feels I'm no longer able to deny that these two think that they don't need certain people to achieve or attain the success mm -hmm. of the content that they're producing. So like, I think Harry is like, Spare would have been a success regardless or mm. the docu-series would have been a success regardless. So we don't need these people and their elements of expertise because we are popular enough to manage and sell that. And I think that they are one of these couples or one of these like, you know, producers, talent, whatever, that it's like they don't really want to do anything or be involved and then they want to be very hands-on. And I, 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 would, I would argue and like guess that they might be very difficult to work with. Oh, I 100% agree. I think they're very difficult to work with. And yeah. I find it interesting because to fire the director right? of this docuseries that made people love you is fucking crazy. Exactly. I also think it's crazy to fire the woman in charge of basically promoting your book. Um, and if they're like – here's the thing Harry has even admitted to doing is like he's chronically online and like reading comments and reading articles and doing this, it's like he probably heard or saw that people were like getting annoyed of him in this book, annoyed of the mm -hmm. interviews. But it's like, babe, that's on you because of the shit you put in the book. Like, correct. Like, they think that they are just like, that they just, they are so focused on people knowing the quote truth that it's like, you're looking nuts. Like this is weird yes. to to let go people to let go of people who have been so hands on in making you a shitload of money. Number one that you need, and number two, making people like you again to some degree. Exactly. I mean, during his interviews, I mean that was a little much, but that's not <laughs> her problem. He can say no. But dare I say, here's the thing. Again, I feel like I'm really. I'm being harsh on hearing Megan today. I think, I'm just going to say this, Carpenter. Yeah. They are so far up their own asses, I think. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I have I agree. nowhere else to go unless it's like, you know, it's just like one too many times to have this happen to think, okay, there's a problem here operationally, behaviorally. Like there's something. Something going is on amiss. Here. So. Um. And I'm going to say something. This might be a hot take. I think a majority of this is Harry's problem. Ooh. Elaborate. Unpack that. Yeah. I'm very curious. I really think he is so dead set on the truth and making his family come to this realization and like doing like he's doing too much and the, if he doesn't get, like, the overwhelming support of every single person online and in the world to, like, you know, and make his family turn around and support him and agree that they fucked up, then he's like, okay, then you're not getting my message across the way that I want it to be, so I'm firing mm -hmm. you. I don't think Megan is honestly that difficult to work with. She's had the same makeup artist a long time. She's had the same group of friends for a long time. I think she was put in a really difficult position when it came to Harry. I'm not saying that she's perfect by any means. I'm sure she has her moments, as was reported in you know, the tabloids. Yeah, I mean, hello. I'm a mess. But 
Harry to me, like, just seems like he's so, like, he so wants to be in control of every single thing. And he's just up his own ass. Yeah. And you've said it so many times too, Sam, where you're like, this man is, like, desperate now to change his family's mind and he's going to say anything, do anything. You know, when we hear about them talking about restoring trust in information, Mm -hmm. 100% my mind immediately goes to him holding the British media accountable Mm -hmm. for, you know, spreading misinformation and lies. And I get that, and that's all fair. But there is just a certain point where it's like, don't you want to just let it go and, like, live your life and, like you said, ignore all of that? It's like he Mm -hmm. can't. He can't. He's obsessed. He can't help himself. He's become obsessed. Yeah. And I would feel differently if I could get like some tangible evidence or something of him and Megan fighting for, you know, misinformation in any other sense than it than it just um being about them. I feel yeah. like whenever they're talking about like misinformation, it it only pertains to like what they have gone through and I'm like Okay, but the British media is horrible to a ton of people. I mean, I always say, look at the people of Love Island. Yeah, there has been multiple suicides due to the, like the media and their attacks on these people. Like, like why aren't you speaking more about that? Why aren't you talking more about the misinformation that was spread due to COVID? It's always, always about about them, them. and You're they right. layer and they they like to put like a, you know icing on this cake you know to be like oh we just want everyone to like be okay and like know the truth but it's like what's really underneath all of that is like they just want people to know the truth about them i'm i'm exhausted i'm exhausted and it's like why not direct those efforts toward like lobbying for bills to be passed Mm -hmm. or you know you know speaking out with like the uk political system and so like in parliament it's just uh like you said, it's it's, it's a little just, self-serving. Yeah, it feels very sort of like insular and it feels self-serving. And I'm going to say, Archwell's a stupid name. I think. For a charity. <laughs> well, then, on that it note, <laughs> we'll see. You know what? They, they've had an overhaul of all their people. What's mm-hmm. to say that by year four, they're not changing the name? You never know with these two. You never know. You never know. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Lex, are you ready to make it rain? Oh, you know I am, and this week is juicy, so let's get into this week's rant about the fact that my king, BKE, Big King Energy, King Charles, is evicting Prince Andrew from Buckingham Palace. Ooh, ooh. 
okay. you guys can't see us, but we're dancing. We're dancing. <laughs> we're celebrating. It is a new dawn, a new day. Let's make it rain, King Charles, because as we have been discussing for weeks, Samantha, King Charles, he's throwing this weight around, right? Mm-hmm. And he is king. He wants us to know it. It's been a few months since the queen has passed. Things are settling down. And he's really allowing himself to lean in to his kingdom. <laughs> he really is. Like, he's throwing his dick on the table. And he's yeah. like, you guys better listen the fuck up. Like, Correct. He is doing things that people have been wanting. Like, the they wanted the queen to do for so long. And that was That's like, right. to me... I don't know if we'll ever get the king to like openly discuss Andrew and his um, horrid behavior. But by doing these like little, seemingly little things, I think they're pretty major. Um, Like, you know, taking his title away or like kicking him out of the palace or removing his security. It's like that is speaking volumes on what this family thinks of Andrew and specifically what Charles thinks of Andrew. Oh, my God. Absolutely. And, like, Charles is out here playing chess, not checkers. He's just, Mm -mm. like, piece by piece, slowly but surely getting his, you know, revenge, let's say. Karma is being hit on Prince Andrew. But here's what happened, okay? So Buckingham Palace is undergoing major renovations. And King Charles is using Watch it, like, look like West Elm. (laughs) Like... They just start like throwing in like like those like Princess really square Kate sectionals. With, like, a pottery a barn, yeah. Spawn con on the Prince and Princess of Wales Instagram. I would die. <laughs> Queen Camilla gets her brand new closet in Prince Harry's room. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, like she All uses sponsored. um like um Marie Kondo, like absolutely that's so funny. <laughs> Does this spark joy? But so he's using these renovations as an opportunity. To tell Prince Andrew to kick rocks. I love that note that you put. And he doesn't actually have a bedroom in the palace any longer. So here's the thing, okay? Like, he is not kicking Andrew to the curb saying, good luck, see you later, sayonara. Andrew and Fergie actually live a few miles down the road at the Royal Lodge. They have their own grounds and home. But Mm -hmm. basically, Andrew loved having a suite at Buckingham Palace when he was, you know, not only set up there for marital life with Fergie, but he used it as a bachelor pad after his divorce. And so now, essentially, they're saying he does not have a bedroom there any longer. Mm -hmm. Which I love, which is great. (laughs) Again. I mean, think of how Harry felt when his room got turned into, like, the sewing room or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. he flipped out. He was like, what the fuck? Like, it's, I mean, okay. I get that. He's not, like, kicking him to the curb, and he has, like, nowhere to go, and he's, like, desolate. I mean, he is still a prince of England. Like, he's yes. going to be – he's going to be fine. But to me, it's just symbolic. Like, this, to me, is just a symbol of, like, you are not welcome here. If you need somewhere to stay, it's not here. Correct. Um, this room that you used to have your teddy bears in, they're gone. <laughs> um, They're on, you know, Facebook Marketplace. And – Uh, he's King Charles is really just like making it such a point to be like, Mm -hmm. we are distancing ourselves from this man. I do not want any part of it. And I'm sure I personally think this also is to kind of show Megan and Harry, like you guys, like I am standing for what's right. And this is, you know, obviously what Andrew did because he did do what he did was wrong. 
And because I think that was always maybe a thing with Harry and Meghan. And I mean, I get that. I would be like, um, we literally have a pedophile in the fucking family. And like, oh, and they were being used as that is one thing I will always back them on and is Mm -hmm. undeniable. The British monarchy used Harry and Meghan as a scapegoat around any Andrew controversy. I remember this so clearly. It was like something would come up about Epstein and Andrew and Ghislaine and like, there would be a huge headline about Megan, something racist, yeah. like crazy, and like a tiny thumbnail of Andrew. And it's like, you're trading stories. Like, mm-hmm. we all know this is the case. And I went, uh, I was on a podcast last week with Publicity, who is um, Alyssa Amoroso, who's like a former publicist. Now she's an influencer. But she said, trading stories, super common. Harry talked about it, but like, it was just so obvious. Mm-hmm. It was so obvious. And so... I like you said, we'll always 100% back Megan and Harry when it comes to that. And I'm just like really, I'm really into what Charles is doing. Like, Same. what what else has he got up his sleeve over there? I mean, we're going like, to find next? out, but like, he's doing a lot. But what I like for real is like, it's very subtle. Like, every few weeks, mm-hmm. this, you know, a next little nugget of information comes out about what he's doing. And, you know, it, again, was no secret that Andrew was the queen's favorite. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, you know, the worst kept secret in the entire monarchy. And it bothered Charles. And now he's in the position of power. And I wonder and I hope that Andrew is shaken in his little teddy bear boots. Because yeah. I would dare I say, and I think you'd agree, like more to come here. Oh, with this, much this more. Situation. I truthfully, I wouldn't be surprised if Charles ends up working with the police in some sort of investigation. Like, I just can't imagine Charles, like, really being able to sit by and not say anything about what his brother has done. Because his brother was part of, I'm going to, okay, I'm just going to say the word allegedly, so, like, nothing bad happens to me. But, you know, part of, like, a really big, sex trafficking um enterprise and you know charles was like that's we can't have that like this is not okay this is not something we stand for and i think he's starting to see that the monarchy has to start standing for something because Mm -hmm. as eminem said if you don't stand for something you'll fall for everything you know (laughs) detroit detroit yeah the detroit jumped out you know (laughs) but yeah it's true i was gonna go hard hamilton (laughs) Oh, oh. If you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? You know? Oh, that's good. Deep. We get real deep. Yeah, we get really deep on this pod. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm very – I'm happy to hear this. I'm interested to see what happens next. And I think it's just like we said, slowly but surely, brick by brick, Charles is out here flexing. And I'm I'm all for it. (laughs) Yes. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's time for our favorite game of mail or fail. One of these is a real headline from the Daily Mail or a similar publication, and the other has been completely made up by our producers. So will we spot the mail or will we fail? 
I'm laughing already because I'm just now getting my eyes on these headlines yeah. and they're just really funny. Um, so option number one is thrown it back. <laughs> A little pun there. King Charles and Camilla rumored to be taking dance lessons for the coronation. Option number two, coronation comeback. A huge 90s band set to reunite for King Charles's coronation in May. I'm going to go that option number two is the real one because I really hope that it's it's that. Oh my God, I was going option number one solely based on I love thrown in it back. Yeah. So, like, if that's not it, producers, I love you because that's fantastic. Let's see which it is. Oh, thank God. Okay. So, it's the huge 90s band is set to reunite for King Charles's coordination. I mean, shout out to our producers for coming up with thrown it back. Yeah, that was great. Oh my gosh. Okay, so coronation comeback. Huge 90s band set to reunite for King Charles's coronation in May. The Spice Girls could be set to reunite for King Charles's coronation as a part of the Blockbuster Royal Concert. I'm oh freaking out. My god. So this comes after Charles met the girl band several times over the course of their career, including in 1997 when Ginger and Scary planted a kiss on his cheek. We also know that he met them with Harry through the book. Very exciting times. Mm-hmm. And so it is believed that the royal organizers have requested the British pop icons to be a star signing at the three-day celebration taking place from Saturday, May the 6th through Monday, May the 8th. Wow. This would be huge. Huge. If he gets Spice Girls... Yes. I mean, he let's be, let's be, be so real. fucking cool. If he gets Posh Spice, like if he gets Victoria Beckham to agree to do this, because the rest of them will do it. Yeah. But it's got to be all five of them. It has to be all five. I can imagine her doing it. Um, I really can. And I think that this would be really unexpected because mm-hmm. I think people are expecting like ABBA or like Elton John or... I doubt Elton John would do it, to be honest, because he's like very Team Diana. But but like someone like that, like I don't know, like John Bon Jovi or something, Robbie Williams, like someone like you know what I mean. So to get the Spice Girls, I mean that is so cool. It would be very iconic, and it's actually interesting because it says they have not performed as a five piece group since the Olympics closing closing ceremony in London in 2012. So they've done it once before, including Mm -hmm. Victoria. Uh, who's to say that, you know, 11 years later, they wouldn't do it again. And it is a very unique celebration. They do have a colorful history together that is, you know, kind of like cute and nice. So I I could see them saying yes if the price is right, you know. I feel like the Beckhams are also very close with the royal family that they would do it as a favor. I believe they are. And I also would love, I mean, if they perform, then we'll get a lot of celebrity sightings. Mm-hmm. Because people would want to go, honestly, just for Spice Girls. Yeah, I mean, we'd get, like, first of all, we'd get David Beckham. Then we would lean into F1 because Ginger Spice is married to Christian Horner, who's the, you know, team leader. Sports <laughs> has entered the chat. I'm just saying we could get a lot of behind the scenes for Drive to Survive. That would be I, interesting. That would be really good. Also, they just filmed the scene with Jerry Hollowell on The Crown, not with her specifically, no, yes. but with the actor who's playing her. Yes. Um, so, I mean, it's all kind of, guys, it's all coming together. Wow. I mean, this, that's exciting. I'm excited. 
I yeah. did love throwing it back, but you know what? This was a good consolation. And I really, I'm, really that I'm pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Well done, Samantha. I'm proud of you. Thank you. To finish up, let's name our spotted dick for the episode. Who has been a real steamed pudding this week? I mean, again, I'm going to be controversial here. And I am being controversial even with myself because I go back and forth with this person. Mm-hmm. But I'm making my spotted dick Omid Scobie. <gasps> and let me tell you why. I'm because shook. again, leaning into all of this like Archwell, creating a better online community, so on and so forth, I feel like he is this like social media speaker for mm-hmm. Archwell. Like I I, I genuinely like the unofficial feel, spokesperson. Yes, that he is like the unofficial spokesperson for them. He always angles and leans in so positive toward them, which is fine. Have your supporters. That's great. Mm -hmm. But I do think it comes, again, with trading information and with a price. Um, And I just, you know, I think that if you're going to report on people, like I need more from you with that. Like, sure, Mm -hmm. you can share the letter that James Holt and the other co-founder put out about what Archwell spent. But like, you know, you're the journalist. Tell me more. Tell me like actual organizations that money went to. Right. Because I just feel like you also are so comfortable at being their, you know, spokesperson unofficially at face value and surface mm-hmm. level. And sometimes it just rubs me the wrong way. No, I second that 100%. I support that. Thank you. My spotted dick of the week is going to be Harry. Ooh, <sighs> here we go. I just, I mean, I don't know how much I can say because I've already said it <laughs> earlier in the episode. I'm just fucking tired. You know, and I ride hard for my man, but sometimes I have to look myself in the mirror and say, he's wrong. He's being annoying. He's frankly annoying me. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. My Scorpio sun, Sagittarius moon and Sagittarius rising is telling me oh. like, he, I know oh, so much to unpack with that, but he's really just pissing me off. And I just think that He can't figure Archwell out, you know, Mm -hmm. stick to the Invictus games, you know, maybe because I feel like also this was an election year and I really didn't see much from Megan either when it came to the election. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on over there? Like, I just feel they love the idea of being these um, charitable people. But in reality, it's like, what are you really doing? And I think he's he's honestly not used to actually having to do anything because when you think about what he had to do for the crown is he was like walking around yes saying hi he was being told like what he can and can't stand for and now he has to like make his own decisions yeah and again we've talked about this it's like we also have to understand and like people have to understand that like this Family has been raised, like, they've never had to intentionally or rationally think for themselves. In all actuality, it's actually been, like, they've been told to not do that. Mm -hmm. Right? They said avoid that. Yeah. So, like, what they did with their, you know, philanthropy as royals was do walkabouts, go on these trips. And granted, they are long days, but it's like meeting with people and greeting people. You're not really, like, and no offense, guys, you're not, like, enacting change by shaking the hands of the Australian people. You're just right. not. You're showing face. You're making the crown look good. And so now that, you know, your back's against the wall and you actually have to, like, you know, put your money where your mouth is, 
Where and I is think it? that's what it is, right? They were never, in fact, decision makers. Like, yes, mm-hmm. they influenced a decision, but it was a team. It was like, how will this reflect back on the monarchy? So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So now it's like they have to be the actual decision makers or they think they have to be. And it feels sometimes like they're clouded in where they want those decisions to be made. And yeah. at this point, it's like, it's exhausting, you know? So it's I hear exhausting. You. As Leon Locken said, my weave is exhausted. My underwear is exhausted. <laughs> if you guys don't want Trail Houses of Dallas, I mean, rest in peace, but that quote means nothing to you. Um, all right. So that's it for this week's episode of Crown Jewels. Be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Thursday, so be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss our next episode. Tell all of your royally obsessed friends and follow me at Lex Nico. And you can follow me at Bravo Historian. And until next time, may God save the bench. Betches.